0: Welcome back to Learn With Less, a family enrichment program for parents, caregivers, and infants and toddlers of all developmental levels. In this podcast series, we get together to sing a few songs, discuss some ideas for play, outline some insight about early development, and talk about life as a parent or caregiver in these early years of parenthood. The mission of Learn With Less is to provide confidence to new parents that you can support and connect with your baby or toddler without having to buy a single toy. This episode was recorded with a live audience of parents and caregivers as an added benefit to those participating in the Learn With Less curriculum online program. If you'd like to learn more about Learning With Less or about my best-selling books, Understanding Your Baby or Understanding Your Toddler, open up a new tab in your browser to my website, learnwithless.com. If you enjoy this episode, I hope you'll take just a moment of your time to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This allows us to reach more families and share our values of education, inclusivity, simplicity, and respect when it comes to early learning and early parenthood. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here today. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here. We can start by saying hello to the people who are with us. Hello to I yell it. Hello to the singers. Hello. 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 Hello to the babies. Hello. To the toddlers. Hello. 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 Since I don't know your name, I'll help you sing the song and you can fill it in. Ready? Hello, to your child's name, hello, to your name, hello. hello, 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 everybody, hello, everybody, hello, hello, hello. Today we've got a special guest on Learn With Less, Sarah rizek Bear, an educator and early literacy warrior representing the fantastic non organization, Tandem Partners in Early Learning. Let's welcome her to the show. Hello to Sarah, hello to Sarah, hello, 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 hello. To all our old friends, hello to all our new friends, hello, hello, hello. One last time. Hello, everybody, hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here today. Hello, everybody, hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here. So today I am speaking with Sarah Rizik Bear, who serves as deputy director of the nonprofit organization Tandem Partners in Early Learning. So Sarah has over 10 years of experience working in early childhood education and in family engagement and she's passionate about literacy. She believes that it takes a community to raise a child and wants to support every adult in that community with their ability to contribute to each child's well-being and academic development. She also firmly believes that early education and specifically early literacy is the key to positive social change. So Sarah, welcome. Thank you so much for
1: being here. I'm so excited to be here and talk about one of the things that I'm absolutely passionate about. Yeah, so let's get started. (laughs) Let's do it. All right. So I have asked you to
0: come onto the show today to speak to us about choosing books for infants and toddlers. But first, I'd love for you to just give us a little bit more of your story. Tell us about you and how you got into the work that you're doing today.
1: Yeah, so I started my career actually as a second grade bilingual teacher and then I also was a high school teacher and I taught ethnic studies and I taught academic literacy for ninth graders and both experiences really showed me that as much as my students were so brilliant, many of them were already coming into my classrooms behind in their language and literacy development. And so they were such geniuses, but couldn't necessarily comprehend all the texts that were given to them, nor express all of the things, the wonderful things they had to say in writing. And so what I realized was, after studying some brain development, that in order to really make a big difference here, I had to start a lot earlier. And what I really realized was how critical the first five years, and really the first three years was in terms of shaping the brain structures absolutely necessary for language and literacy development. And so I decided to focus my work on their first five years. And so I found Tandem in 2009, and I became a community literacy specialist for Tandem and absolutely fell madly in love with early education and language and literacy. So I started doing professional development with teachers around that, family workshops, just adored being able to work with all of the adults that work with children and really making sure that they really understood how simple it is yet so meaningful to have engaging conversations and share books with children. I decided to get a little deeper, and so I ended up getting my master's in language and literacy at Harvard Graduate School of Education, which was fabulous, and then came back to be a preschool literacy coach for a couple of years, and then found my way back to Tandem as deputy director. And so for the last two years, I've been able to now work in San Francisco, Alameda, and Contra Costa counties with Tandem to ensuring that all children are entering kindergarten ready to succeed, and having the language and literacy skills as well as early learning skills in place so that when they enter kindergarten, they really can be successful. Nice.
0: Well, let's yeah. hear just a little bit about some of the characteristics that you look for when choosing books for infants and toddlers. Cause I know that Tandem has an amazing program where you share books. And so I wanna know, you know what are some of those features for parents and caregivers to be on the lookout for?
1: Yeah, so generally, and I think probably a lot of people know this, but board books are the things you always look for for an infant and toddler. And the reason you want to use board books is because you want babies to feel free to bite the book, to play with the book. You don't want to have them treat it too precious. At this age, we really want them to view books as almost like a favorite toy, Mm -hmm. so that getting really comfortable with the idea of holding a book and turning it. And so if they can't have the ability to play with books like they can a toy, then they look at it as too precious and not something that they might want to gravitate towards. So we always want to make books really inviting. I also love anything that causes interaction. So love those flip the flat books. I love books with textures. So anything that really stimulates a baby's brain, both visually, as well as kinesthetically and tactilely, as well as books that really, you know, engage the parent with the child child. So some of the books that I I love for that, for example, is this book Press Here because it's a board book. The parent and the child can look together and the, the book tells exactly the different interactions the book the child can do with the book with their hands other than it just necessarily being a story that they can tell. And then lastly which I always have to advocate for is really looking for books that feature diversity from a very young age. Oftentimes we don't understand how important it is that children are seeing either themselves represented in and the books that they see or seeing the lives of other children as well. And so even though I love books about you know, concept books and books about animals, I think if we're ever looking at books that feature humans, it's really important that children are seeing a multitude of the different kinds of humans that are there. And so mm-hmm. I very much stress the importance of diversity, even from a very, 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 very young age.
0: Yeah, and I love, I mean, I think that can take the form of obviously things like diversity in oh. gender and sex, diversity in skin color, in age, in ability,
1: Anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, um, all of those things, actually. And so there's a couple of books I even you know recommend uh, for that, that I have that actually features many different kinds of diversity. Mm-hmm. So, for example, Bell Hooks's B-Boy Buzz is one of my favorite uh, infant and toddler books. It features an African-American boy, and um, it's really done in the language. It's very colloquial, the, lang- the way the language is done, and it's very rhythmic, but very mm-hmm. simple enough for an infant and toddler. Also, we love The Baby Loves Aerospace Engineer engineer. Aerospace engineering, or baby loves coding. Those books a lot of times feature little infant girls or toddler girls in STEM topics. And they're done in a way that are very simple, but they're really getting at really complicated science topics, such as aerospace engineering or coding. Yeah. Yeah, another another couple that I love or any, you know, Inosanto Negara uh, has written a book called Counting on Community, which is a very small board book. But I love it because within that book, it really talks about the community. It's in very, very simple language, but it really features a multitude of different ethnicities and cultures within that Mm. book.
0: Mm, Interesting. Okay, Mm -hmm. so that's cool. I want to also just say we are focusing specifically on choosing books for infants and toddlers Mm -hmm. in this episode. But I think it's really important to remember that there are lots of other ways that families can engage in early literacy experiences outside of Books and buying specific books for your family. You know, obviously going to the library is another lovely way, but there are early literacy experiences all over the place, right? All over our homes, anything with print, anything with even visual images, right? Uh, If you look at the cover of a book or the Picture within a frame. There are early literacy experiences that you can attach to that in many ways. Do you, I, we didn't talk about this much, That's Sarah, in our prep for this interview? But do you have anything just off the cuff to add to that? Oh,
1: yeah. And I think um, I think really the thing that you always want to keep in mind with any interaction with children at this age, it's really the amount of what we call serve and return interactions. And so what we used to think was it was the amount of words children were simply exposed to. Um, from the first five years. And I mean, that is very true. But what they've actually found, it's mostly more about the interaction between child and adult that really shapes brain chemistry. And so I look at anything as a tool to encourage that interaction. And books happen to be a really great tool for that. Um, However, there's many more uh, ways to do that. So even when you're outside with a child in the park and you're pointing out things that you see and you're naming the objects that you see out there and you're having an extended conversation, that is that is really really important so you know, basically what I always say is that what we've found is that it's when children are hearing lots and lots of rich language, more complicated syntax, they're being interacted in direct and meaningful ways, and they're hearing longer utterances, so um, much more ex- expanded speech. That has really been proven to help language and literacy levels later on. Yeah. Um, not and only he, that... You also mentioned for- another
0: thing, which was that, that rhythm also, like rhythms within... The context of a book whether that is because it's a rhyming book or there's like an interesting sort of rhythm to the way that it's being written uh, all of those are really wonderful
1: as well absolutely so phonological awareness is what you're talking about and that starts development as you know um, very 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 early on so children um, from the very moment they're born actually in the third trimester are already developing uh, parts of their brain they're allowing them to perceive Speech and sounds and so they respond a lot to hearing rhythms and different kinds of sounds in their environment so songs and music are really really great for building that kind of the way I always the way I like to describe that too is imagine when you're a little baby and you're hearing all these kinds of sounds and you know they, they kind of all flow together and actually by six months they're actually starting to hear the different the separations in words and they're starting to be able to make sense of the different sounds and phonemes and put them into words So if if I, if I, and I, and I'm bilingual, so I speak English and Spanish. And so the way I can kind of give you an example is if I said to you, buenos dias, como estas? You know, that's a really quick, it's a long string of words, a long string of sounds. But then, what happens if I sing it. If I said, buenos dias, buenos dias, como estas? Como estas? What happens then is that the children can really slow down and every single sound and every single syllable is much more exaggerated. And so they're actually really developing ways in which they can perceive these different sounds and syllables um, a little bit easier than if they were to just hear it kind of go throughout. And that's another uh, recommendation I actually have, you know, other than just, just singing songs in the car, in the park, anywhere you go. But I love books that feature songs. Yeah. So when I go into a classroom and I'm choosing infant and to- if I'm going to an infant and toddler classroom and I'm doing a read aloud with infants and toddlers, I very much often choose books that I can sing, both for the phonological awareness, but also the way they respond to song. Children just absolutely are engaged with the melodies and sounds and they can really get into it. So I very often choose things like that too.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. well, and in my own sort of four pillar framework of my learn with less curriculum, the whole thing is it's play, talk, sing and move. Those four elements, you add any more of those four elements to your daily interactions with your child and you're golden. All right, so that leads, your comment really leads into the next question I have for you, which is really like, okay, what can we do to actively engage infants and toddlers in early literacy experiences? And we'll get into specific tips and resources later on, but what would you say to the parent of a baby who just wants to mouth the book or to the parent of a toddler who with a short attention span or who isn't you know, using books appropriately or as, as a parent would assume books are being used for?
1: Yeah. So, um, so actually, Tandem, we have three book sharing tips that actually you can find on our website, and it follows that exactly. And the first tip that we always say is follow your baby's pace. Mm-hmm. So what that means is, is that you're really at this age, you want to make book sharing um, a really enjoyable experience, nothing they ever feel forced to do. And so allowing a child to simply explain a book as long as they want to is great. So even if that means they're biting a book for a full five minutes or they look at it for 30 seconds and then they crawl away, that is okay. The idea is that you're practicing and that you're just showing the fact that the book sharing experience is very enjoyable. And then eventually they're going to get more and more used to it and they're going to actually gravitate towards it. And parents will usually find that the more often they just have their children interacting with books alongside with them, the longer they're actually able to stay and pay attention. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, as I said, zero to three, allow them to bite the book. It's okay, And we definitely want to teach about how to care for books as they get older. And of course, you want to build those skills. But really, I, I just can't emphasize enough that books should really be seen as a favorite toy. Some personal experience with that. Uh, I always I love to use this example. A very close close friend of mine, Dulce Torres, who actually used to work with us at Tandem, had a baby uh, a, about two years ago, and she said to me, "She's okay. I'm gonna just see if all the things that we've been teaching parents is true." And <laughs> so, she and her husband have spent every single night since that baby was born reading books with the child, and so not just reading the books, singing songs right before bedtime. And she told me it is true. She, she, I remember at the child's one year birthday party, all the friends came. The child had about 60 presents laid out on the table, all sorts of fun things. But we look over, and that child is just sitting down, flipping through a book. That, that became a child's favorite toy. So mm-hmm. um, I can really testify to the fact that just allowing a kid to explore and have fun with a book really does work.
0: Yeah. And I, just to add to that, I think it's really important what you said about the practice, because number one, like children learn language over a period of time, children learn to move and crawl and walk over a period of time. These things like sitting down and opening and reading through a book from cover to cover, don't start at the beginning. They come after this period of watching us, observing us and imitating us and interacting with us and with the book right? With any kind of object. And, and in this case, a yeah. book. And that's how yeah they, that process works, right? That's how they learn anything, regardless of whether we're talking about early literacy experiences or movement experiences or what have you. Yeah. But I think that's such an important piece for for our families to keep in mind is it's it's going to look different at different stages, mm-hmm.
1: and it's supposed to. Yes, actually, that's, that's absolutely true. And um, I think another thing I just want to add to that is not only following their pace, but also following their interest. So if a child is looking at a book, you want to go definitely start talking about that book. But if the child is actually wants to leave their book and they want to go over to the other part of the room and they're looking at whatever you know new toy that auntie brought them, that is also okay. I think what's important there is you want to follow their interest and actually talk about things that they're already gravitating and interested in. So a lot of times parents kind of have their own agenda, I want my baby to know this, I want them to look at this, and mm-hmm. that's just not how babies work. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they do, but really I, I can't, you know, emphasize enough about the importance of really just following the interests of the child. And so even when you're looking at a book, you know, you might go looking at it, you might see things on the page that you really want to talk about. But if you're seeing a baby gaze at something else or really finding interest, they might want to stay on the same page with the cat, you know, with a furry cat for a really long time, great. Stop yeah. there and have a conversation about the cat. Yeah. Even if the child can't talk back, right, they're obviously very interested in what they're looking at. And so hearing you associate the word cat with what they're looking at, talking about the parts of the cat, uh, talking about what a cat does, that is really what the child wants to hear. Right. Um, Relating
0: so- it to your own experiences with a cat. What how does the cat sound? Right. There's so many things. I have a whole podcast episode about this. It's called Think Outside oh, okay. of the Text, right? We are we cool. think that we it's so linear for us as grown-ups, right? But We have to think outside what's in front of us and relate it to our child's interests and experiences and and their pace. I love these two tips. All right. Sounds like you have one yeah. more for us
1: here. Yeah. So well, yeah. So then I have make it a conversation. So we follow your baby's pace is number one. And then number two is make it a conversation. So that's what I was talking about, that back and forth serve and return interaction. This is where parents can offer extra information about the vocabulary that they're seeing. This is where a, a baby can look at something coo and, and the and the adult responds with a little bit more information. Moreover than that, you know, when they're looking at an object, for example, example, a child might not just want to know about the name of the object, but they might want to know about how it actually functions. And they've actually shown that in a lot of studies that a lot of times parents should just name an object, but then don't go further and talk about it. So again, you're giving that serve and return interaction. A child points, a child looks, you not only name the object, but you expand on that object. And we also say, I always tell parents too, I say, ask your child questions. Even if they can't respond yet, they're still getting used to the idea that you know, your inflection goes up when you're asking a question, they're actually hearing and perceiving and getting used to that. You're pausing, you're allowing them to interact back, whether they can verbalize it or not. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's my second tip is make it a conversation conversation. And then lastly, so the third tip is just have fun. (laughs) So very similar (laughs) to what you were saying, Um, you know, make it, this should be as fun for the adult as it is for the child. Um, Have them sit on your lap, have them do the movements. have them make the cat sounds, um, do the silly voices. The more fun you have with the book, the more fun they're going to have. And I can't, you know, I also want to emphasize that you're, you're your child's best literacy and language model. Mm -hmm. So not only are they hearing rich language from you and and really perceiving and internalizing that, but your attitude towards reading as well is really, really important to building strong literacy skills. Mm -hmm. And so parents that are having a lot of fun reading with the kids, they're going to have fun too. And not only that, parents kids that see their parents reading or interacting with text or talking is also really important for their, uh, for their growth and and understanding about the importance of of books and how fun it can be.
0: Very nice. Absolutely. Cool. Well, let us take just a brief break to hear a word from our sponsor. And then we're going to hear a few more specific tips from Sarah about choosing excellent books for tiny humans. And we'll hear about her favorite resources for parents and caregivers interested in learning more about that topic.
1: Great.
0: As a parent or caregiver of an infant or toddler, you want to make sure you're doing it right. But everywhere you look, there's another learning toy or a fancy subscription box that you don't have room for and that your child seems to lose interest in all too quickly. You want to support your infant or toddler's development, but you struggle finding the right toys or enough time and energy to do it. You just want the map to get through these first few years and find more joy in the journey as well. If any of this rings true for you, you're in the right place. Right now, I'm giving away my Infant and Toddler Development Blueprint, a straightforward guide that will help you Discover the four major areas of development in the first three years of life and what's involved in each of those areas. Find out what you can do to support development using what you already have in your home. Learn how to follow my four pillar framework to maximize the time you're already spending with your tiny human and much, much more. If you are ready to boost your infant or toddler's learning, stop feeling like you're winging it all the time and simplify your life Head to learnwithless.com slash blueprint and download my free infant toddler development blueprint today. Okay, Sarah, so let's hear it. We would like to hear your top tips for parents and caregivers who want guidance, choosing books and early literacy experiences for their little ones. And I know you have a few for like specific ages even, which I think is lovely.
1: Yeah, so we definitely know that children develop, you know, there's there's a, there's a continuum of development. And so there are really specific characteristics you want to look at the different stages of development. So for babies that are newborn to six months, you really, they're, they're still developing their vision and their visual systems in their brains. And so you really want to choose books with simple geometric shapes. Focusing on the simple shapes, supports the babies to recognize and identify shapes, symbols, and letters, and actually develop the visual discrimination that's going to be really important later on for actually being able to recognize letters and numbers. Children at this age are just obsessed with faces and human faces. They're programmed to look at us, yes. Yeah, the books that feature lots of faces are very engaging for a child. And I even tell families, you can make your own book of your family's faces that I guarantee kids are going to love. So not only are you building a connection with your family, but they're, you're actually creating a really um, strong literacy resource that the kids are going to be engaged in.
0: I love that. Combining that social-emotional element with the early literacy
1: and language and communication. Lovely. Yeah, and then for six to twelve months, you're looking for books with rhythmic, patterned language. Again, we kind of talked about the importance of phonological awareness and really hearing those sounds and rhymes. And so, and and, and babies are very, very uh, attuned to these kinds of this kind of um, language, and they hear it. So the repetition really encourages the language development, even when the child or infant doesn't understand words. So the one that I mentioned before, B-Boy Buzz by Bell Hooks is fantastic for that. Classics like Brown Bear, Brown Bear by Eric Carle. We all know that one, but that is the reason why every child loves that book is because it's so rhythmic and so patterned and they can really predict what's going to happen next. I also say in this age age period, six to 12 months, those lift the flat books, which are fabulous. It really helps kids not only engage tactilely with a book, but it's also helping them to understand cause and effect, Mm -hmm. right? They say, okay, what happens when I lift this? And all of a sudden something appears. That's giving them this idea of a cause and effect relationship, which is actually a critical thinking skill, which we can start building as early as six months. Um, Some really great books for that. I think I mentioned press here before, but um, my first book of colors by Eric Carle is one of my favorites. Not only is that visually compelling, but there's a tons of flaps and things that they can lift and interact with. Also looking for things with bright images and simple text. One of one, of, one really great one that I love is um, by Janine Macbeth. This is another uh, diverse book. Oh, oh, baby boy. Um, it really it features not only does it have the bright images and the very simple text, but it features a father with a with a baby boy. Um, and again, we also really want to include different images of um, diversity, and fathers are absolutely a part of that for 12 to 36 months. I again, would say continue through repetitive and predictable books. One of my favorite books to read when I come to an infant toddler class is From Head to Toe by Eric Carle, because over and over again, it keeps having the same reframe. I can do it. I can do it. Mm -hmm. And babies that are just learning how to talk will start to learn actually how to say those words. And by the end, they get so proud that they can say that full sentence. And the the end is I can do it so they can not only uh do the actions of the animals in the book but they themselves feel better and they now know how to say I can do it so that's really great and then of course nursery rhyme and poetry books fabulous for emphasizing phonological awareness and really learning about patterns rhythms and rhymes nice very nice mm. Yeah, very nice um, older, older ones, older ones. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so <laughs> <much>. <laughs> no,
0: sorry. <laughs> Do <And laughs> you have anything oh, else really there fine. or shall we go into, yeah. into some resources?
1: Uh, we can definitely go into some resources And I, I mean, I would be very happy to, um, to send, uh, some of the other recommendations I have. Um, I always say, you know, a lot of people love Pete the Cat for older children, and again, I can't emphasize that enough. I know it's become a more of a commercialized thing, but one of the reasons I love Pete the Cat books is because it does have that repetitive, rhythmic language. It's incredibly engaging, and children just think Pete is the coolest thing that's ever walked this earth, and so <laughs> they're all Pete super, groovy, super man. All, all of our Tandem staff knows that when they take Pizza the Cat into a classroom, it's like a celebrity has just walked in. So um, I, can't rec- I can't recommend those ones enough, um, but we have a full, we have a list of many other really good ones. So some resources, if you actually go into our Tandem website, which you can find at www.tandembayarea.org, we do blog posts. Every month, and those feature recommendations of books that a lot of our tandem staff has done. So what they what they do is they our tandem staff goes into classrooms all the time. We do read alouds, and so they've really become experts in knowing what really engages children. Mm -hmm. And so we've developed lots of blog entries that show you books. If you want to have books about numbers, you want to have books about colors, books that feature girls, books that feature different ethnicities and cultures. We have lots of blog posts that really talk about why we love these books and how to actually use them with the kids. What other resources do you do you want to recommend? Yeah. And then the further plug too is on the Tandem website, there's actually a handout that we developed called Choosing Books for Infants and Toddlers. Oh. And that is under the resources tab on our website too. And so all the stuff I just talked about, is right there for you in very simple graphics. Other than our tandem website, there's many more (laughs) good resources. I really love Colorín Colorado, especially for our bilingual listeners and readers. Um, It is a fabulous website, which uh, not only gives really great book recommendations that are in both English and Spanish, but also gives a lot of tips about how to raise your child in in bilingual ways, how to really emphasize the importance of home language, which I can't just incredibly important to developing uh, language and literacy skills. So that's a really fabulous website. I also think Reading Rockets, I I personally use Reading Rockets a lot when I'm just doing some research and I want to find simple quick tips and quick tricks when I'm either developing a workshop or giving recommendations to parents are great. And then I'll give one last plug for Blood Orange Press is a, it's a, Book publishing company by a local Oakland's author, Janine Macbeth. And she has two books right now that are featured there Oh Boy, Baby Boy, and also a book by Robert Trujillo. And these are books that are done by independent local authors that really feature diverse characters. Nice. So lots Very and lots cool. of <laughs>
0: Love it. That sounds, That's a great collection. And we'll include all of those in the show notes here on the, on the website. But thank you so much, Sarah. And thank you to all our Community Lab members who are here listening live. And we are going to continue the discussion, open up for a Q&A session for you guys in just a minute. But for everyone listening from home or on the go, thanks so much for joining us. And we will see you next time. Thanks for being here. See you later. What will you do the rest of your day? Goodbye to the babies. Goodbye to the toddlers. Goodbye, bigger kids. Goodbye, all the siblings. Goodbye to the grown-ups. Goodbye to the singers. Goodbye, I Goodbye to Sarah. We laughed and we played. We're getting very clever. This is what counts being here together. Thank you so much, everyone. The Learn With Less podcast brings you information, tips, and resources about all things early parenthood and early childhood. Don't forget to download our free infant-toddler development blueprint by heading to learnwithless.com blueprint today. If you haven't yet done so, please do leave a review of the Learn With Less podcast on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. That helps other people find the good work we're doing. And after you've done that, go ahead and share Learn With Less with a friend or colleague. See you next time.